Massive show today, Human Events Daily. Make sure you listen to this, you share it out. We are going to get into the nitty-gritty. Is the Elon Musk deal for Twitter on the ropes? Is this thing in danger of collapsing? Some traders and investors are getting nervous about it. We're going to break it down. But before we do, I want to remind you, Young Women's Leadership Summit. June 2nd and 4th, Dallas, Texas, tpusa.com slash YWLS. You use promo code POSO. Listen to the list of people they have coming. The great, of course, Turning Point's own Alex Clark will be speaking, as well as Candace Owens, Governor Christy Nome, Kaylee McEnany, Charlie Kirk and Erica Kirk, Laura Trump, Governor Sarah Palin, Dana Lash, Ali Stuckey, Congresswoman Kat Kamek, and Lila Rose of Live Action, the pro-life movement. Folks, if you are, or if you know, a young woman in conservative politics. I think Alex calls them cute conservatives or something and cinnaminis, and I don't even understand. But go check out her spillover this week. Uh, she's got a survivor on from Columbine. It's great. But make sure you go as well. TPUSA.com slash YWLS. You get to meet all of your favorite female conservative speakers. And use promo code POSO for a great discount. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is April 29th, 2022, Anno Domine. Today's headlines, the Twitter Elon Musk deal spread is widening as investors are growing increasingly nervous. We're going to dig into this next. A Pennsylvania DA is warning ballot harvesters that they will face fines in the upcoming election if they are caught. Third, the full interview has been released between Alec Baldwin and investigators after his deadly shooting. And then fourth, CCP authorities are building cages around some homes in Shanghai in effort to achieve their COVID zero policy. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. For sure, it would be very problematic if I was consuming, uh, you know, billions of dollars a year in, in personal consumption. But that is not the case. Um, in fact, I don't even own a home right now. Um, I'm literally staying at friends' places. I, if I travel to the Bay Area, which is where most of Tesla Engineering is, I, I stay in my. I basically rotate through friends' spare bedrooms. Um, I don't have a yacht. I, I really don't take vacations. Is the Elon Musk Twitter deal? about to collapse? Is this about to fall apart? So that was Musk. You just heard him talking about the fact that he doesn't live in a, in a house. He's couch surfing. He's out there like, like I was when I was in college. No, no, no. Keep in mind, I wasn't couch surfing. All right, those were very nice couches. No, but the idea being, though, is that a lot of Elon Musk's paper is on, it's on it's a lot of his money is on paper, rather. And so that's why you also saw last night that he sold something like, and we're getting the final number still, but around $4 billion worth of Tesla stock. Why? Because he needs cash. He needs cash on hand for all the deals that he's doing. He's very, very leveraged. And Bloomberg has the story up as well, where they are essentially talking about this from the perspective of they're looking at the Twitter stock. They're looking at the fact that Twitter stock has gone down since the announcement. It's now, it was hovering around 48, might be going even lower. The question is, okay, if he's coming in at 54, what happens if the stock continues to go down and goes down to the point where the spread between what he's offering and what the company is currently worth is too high? Will he stick with the deal? 
Now, if you've been watching War Room over the past couple of days, I've been going on with Steve Bannon, and Steve has a very contrarian take on this. We've been getting into it a little bit. We've been getting having a healthy back and forth, if you will, about whether or not this deal will happen or whether or not the deal will happen as currently constituted. And I think a lot of people, uh, the way Steve came across initially when he said Elon should drop the bid and the way that Steve, you know, constantly does, he came out and said Elon should drop the bid, he should walk. But he didn't mean that he should walk completely. What he meant was he's offering too much money because Twitter as a product is completely broken. Now, take away Twitter's value as the information warfare machine of the left. Of course, we know that's what it is. But if you look at just the economics of it, and if you look at just the fact of its daily active users, you realize you got an issue there. And that's why, if you notice, and Tim Pool has the, um, this story up as well, that Twitter admitted that they overstated their numbers in terms of how many daily active users they have. That's why they're pulling the ban hammer off all of a sudden, because everybody is putting them under scrutiny, and they know that when this deal is being done, all the lawyers are going to come in there. They got to open the books. They got to open all the books because now they're going into their due diligence period. And Elon's team's going to come in there with serious architects, serious engineers, and they're going to be looking under the hood of Twitter, and they're going to say, yo, hold the phone. You have all these people banned because they said learned of code or because they said, you know, they said Richard instead of Rachel for somebody, right? They said William instead of Leah, and you ban them for this. That's why you're seeing these massive floods of conservative accounts being reinstated because they are coming back online. Because, and it's not a political thing. That's the thing. It's not, I mean, it is political, but it's not political. It's political because Twitter made it political because they're the ones who artificially kicked these people off. And that's why, by the way, they're going around the media now saying, oh, it's just organic growth, it's organic growth. Yeah, it's organic because it's real people that you kicked off for expressing a political opinion. So Bannon's point is that Musk should walk, let the thing collapse, have the board fire the entire C-suite, these people who are crying around there that Elon's coming in, tank it, and then come in and buy the whole thing at a discount, that you should nuke it and then drop down. But my point was, if you do that, does that not open it up to potentially someone else coming in with an offer of their own? Someone else who may be not as interested in supporting freedom of speech as Elon Musk is. As currently constituted, this deal is not expected to close until much later this year. So we'll see, folks. We will see. For me right now, I'm just going to lay my card on the table. I want Elon to get this thing, and I want it to go private. I think that's the best option available at the moment. Look, folks, I don't know how else to put this. I'm a busy guy. You're busy people. You got lives. You got jobs. You got commutes. You got kids, if you're like me. You got two little ones, rapscallions running around, coming at you at all times of day. You don't have time. To just be going out there, doing all these long trips to the supermarket, figuring out what you're getting because you've got so much going on in your day. Well, GoodRanchers.com is here to help you with this issue because Good Ranchers, number one, and when Tanya Tay makes Good Ranchers for us, it is always my favorite meal of the week. What is it? Steak 
house quality meat. High quality, made here in the USA. Good Ranchers sells 100% American meat delivered to your door. Send it right to you. Beef, chicken, seafood, 100% local American farms, prime uppercuts of beef, ribeyes, T-bones, New York steaks, signature burgers, Wagyu burgers, pre-trimmed, pre-marinated chicken breasts. I'm telling you, it is so good. You put it right in your fridge, and then boom, when it's mealtime, you just fry it up, you cook it up however you want, and then you, you eat it, and it's amazing. These people, they are Christ followers, genuine Americans. And just so you know, by the way, the animals are ethically raised and sustainably sourced. Good Ranchers does things the right way, and it shows in every box. So go to GoodRanchers.com and use promo code POSO because you get 30% off and free express shipping directly to your home. You don't have to go anywhere. Good Ranchers brings it to you. That's goodranchers.com slash poso, goodranchers.com slash poso. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. You see what's happening also with the masks. They want the masks to start because they want it for the election, J.D. They want the masks on and they want those mail-in ballots where they can cheat like hell. They're trying to figure it out. Well, a district attorney in Pennsylvania ahead of the upcoming May primary has issued a pretty big statement, a very bold statement, one that for some reason we didn't hear anywhere in 2020, but we're hearing it now. Lehigh County District Attorney Jim Martin says that multiple ballot voters could face fines of thousands of dollars and up to two years in prison if they are caught breaking the law in Pennsylvania. Well, what's the law? The law in Pennsylvania is that ballot harvesting is illegal. So you remember the ballot harvesting, the drop boxes, people showing up in the middle of the night, putting in reams and reams of these things? It's illegal. It's always been illegal. Dinesh D'Souza has a video coming out about this. Here's what the DA said. Ahead of Pennsylvania's primary election in May, Lehigh County District Attorney Jim Martin warned voters, this is from justthenews.com, that submitting a ballot other their own could result in prosecution. The DA's office said in a news release that according to state law, a voter may only submit their own ballot, ballot via the mail or a drop box. In a letter to the election board, Martin suggested that more prominent signs must be placed on or near drop boxes, explaining that if voters submit ballots other than their own, they could face up to a $2,500 fine, $2,500, or up to two years in prison upon conviction. He also said that county detectives will be monitoring surveillance video of the drop boxes during the primary. It's coming up mid-May, May 17th, I believe. So that any persons identified as depositing more than one ballot envelope may be prosecuted and face the penalties set forth in the election code. And this follows, by the way, a report that came out back in April that said at least 288 people deposited more than one ballot at, a, at five area drop boxes from October 18th and Election Day of November 2021. So that's last year's election. Look. Understand what's going on here. And Human Events Daily, I'm going to tell you, um, I, can, I can preview this a little bit. We are going to have an exclusive on this because this report that they're talking about, we're going to get for you. We're going to get this report. It's 22 pages long. It's a memo written by the Lehigh County District Attorney's Office. They hired detectives to actually go in and watch the video. And we are told, and I can, I can actually state this publicly right now, that legal motions are in the works in the state of Pennsylvania 
over these drop boxes. Understand, this is not the way our elections are supposed to work. All right. If you want to drop your box, right, if you want to have it, if you have an absentee mail ballot, you can put that in your mailbox of your home. You do not need drop boxes for this election drop boxes. What you're doing is opening it up for fraud. You're opening it up to vulnerabilities. Ballot harvesting. What is ballot harvesting? That's when you pay someone, you pay someone to go around collecting ballot after ballot after ballot, and then they put it in a box and it goes off. The problem is, is that when a lot of these people are hired, they get paid a commission based on how many ballots they're able to turn in. That creates a false incentive structure. And the problem is that once those ballots get into the system, they become separated from the envelopes. And once you've got these ballots that came in via harvesting separated out, they're mixed in with the ballots of everybody else who put in on their own uh, personally without this illegal process. You can't do anything about it because they're already commingled. They're already commingled at that point. So these hundreds of ballots, just from what they're able to see from review during a municipal election, which obviously the turnout isn't going to be anywhere near as high as it would be in a midterm or certainly not in a presidential in a swing state like Pennsylvania, a state that came down to just a couple of thousand votes in 2020. This is a huge problem. And in 2020, you notice, where was Josh Shapiro, the attorney general, on any of this? Where are the people in the city of Philadelphia or counties like Montgomery County, Chester County, Delaware County, Bucks County? Where were any of them on these ballot drop boxes? It's not how it's supposed to work. It's election day, not election week. Let's talk a little bit about how it should go. It's election day, not election week. If you don't have a pressing need to not be able to go to the polls, if you don't have a medical issue, if you're not homebound, not in the military, then you can go to the polls and vote. And that's what you ought to be doing. One man, one vote. That's the way it works. And by the way, there ought to be voter ID for every single person. The French do this. They just had their election. No problems. Got the answer one day. Right? They do a two-round thing. But they got the answer that night. Who won? Everything was counted. It was very easy. So if, if the French can understand this, why can't we understand this? You go to vote. You show your ID. It's all one day. Boom. Done. You move on. Everybody knows that's how the system works. That's how it's always been. But because of COVID, they started changing things around. They say, oh, it's modern times. We can do this. No, no. Traditional elections, secure, safe, and valid. So can you describe to me what those clay-based rounds look like? They look like a bullet. What colors? The, the, the gray, they look exactly like a little brass head and, and a brass base packed with something I'm assuming and the uh, um, and then the uh, the head to look like a bullet so cosmetically you see that in the cylinder the other rounds you shoot have a it's the it's the base with the pin this comes up and this comes up and it's around like this and if you look at the top if you're looking down at the bullet with the, with the, with the uh, not the pin down here the top of it you look at it's folded in like a like almost like yeah a, it's like a, a yeah, like a dump. Like a pinched it's like, type. It's exactly, it's like a folded up thing, and the chart, and all that, that's just like, boom. So if There's I no projectile there. 
for the two weeks I've been shooting, it has been empty. We haven't had one problem. And you ha have you physically checked that or just by her she telling you? She announces to me that it's, that's, that's clean. Okay. The full interview is out. Alec Baldwin and the police and folks. This is why you don't talk to the cops without a lawyer. Look, if they show up at your house or if you get any inclination on this, I'm not talking about if you just get pulled over, all right? You get pulled over, by the way. Here's what you do. 10 and 2, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. 10 and 2, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. That's what you do. That's You want to talk about the talk that you ought to have with your kids? That's the talk you have with your kids. 10 and 2, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. That's what you do. Don't fight them there. Fight them in court if there's a dispute. But when it comes to stuff like this, Alec Baldwin, what are you doing, buddy? You don't go in there and talk to the cops thinking it's going to be some buddy-buddy thing. And even if you think, by the way, that those officers aren't necessarily going to be the ones to pin this on you, understand that you're... <laughs> It's the first, it's the first one of the Miranda rights, right? What you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. So Andrew Branca over at Law of Self-Defense blog, lawofselfdefense.com, put together this fantastic analysis after the full interview came out. I highly encourage you to go and watch it. He does a video you can do, you can read it on his blog, or you can listen to it podcast form. You know me, I'm a double speed podcast guy, 2X, all, all the way through. I checked this thing, this analysis, and the key point here is that Alec Baldwin, in that interview with these officers, who at the time, by the way, doesn't seem to realize, I actually don't even think he knows yet, that Helena Hutchins has been killed. He doesn't even realize that she's dead. He thinks that it's just an accident. They ask him, do you know the difference between a live round and a dummy round? Do you understand? And he walks you through chapter and verse. The there's there's, there's um, the ceramics. There's, you know, ones with squibs and false, you know, uh, false tips, et cetera, et cetera. Knows what a live round looks like. Okay. Did you check yourself? Well, I was told. I was told. Did you check yourself? He didn't. They got him on tape admitting that he didn't check and admitting that he knew the difference. Criminal recklessness right there. And criminal recklessness, as Branca analyzes, is the standard probable cause for involuntary manslaughter. Now, at, the, at this time, we do not have evidence Right, and Viva Fry and Tim Pool have their theory how Alec Baldwin likes to snap. He has a propensity for this. But this is involuntary manslaughter. There's no actor exemption. And I see people keep constantly arguing this that, well, he's an actor and he's on a set and someone's holding us. No, no, no. If you get behind the wheel of a car and someone tells you, hey, there's no gas in the car, you're good to go, and you hit that ignition, and you hit that gas pedal, and the car goes forward and strikes someone and hits them. You can't walk into the court and say, Your Honor, I didn't know there was gas in the car. Right? No, no, no. That's an inherently dangerous instrument. And if it was a car, we would laugh about it. But when it's Alec Baldwin and the Hollywood industry that New Mexico 
wants. They want Hollywood. They want Better Call Saul. They want Breaking Bad. Millions of dollars, jobs. They want that investment. So the question is, will they prosecute Alec Baldwin, who we now know knowingly mishandled recklessly that weapon? It's truly amazing to me that we don't see billboards, ads, you know, when you go to check out, you get a little, hey, do you want to give some money? Stand with Shanghai. Stand with the people of Shanghai. You got people over there caged in, in their own homes with green fencing to prevent them from leaving that are being put up by the CCP tyrants. All in favor of this COVID zero policy. And it's coming to Beijing next. They're going to get it there. Because they're terrified. Xi Jinping is terrified that if this thing gets out, if this thing spreads, that it'll mean that he's lost the mandate of heaven. And if you understand Chinese history, they say that every dynasty falls. But before it does, you get signs, you get omens throughout the land that they've lost the mandate of heaven. And one of those signs is disease spreading throughout the land. Invasion, pestilence, famine, disease. So does the CCP have the mandate of heaven? I don't think they ever did, because it's always been a lie. The money that the CCP has came from the West. It came from the elites and the ruling class, the 1%. Remember we used to talk about the 1%? You can't talk about that anymore. BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, all of these money market, money management firms that are going into China. That's where the money's coming from. You want to know why Detroit looks the way it does? You want to know why Chicago looks the way it does? You want to know why the New York City subways are 120 years old and they feel like they're 120 years old, but the cities and subways and maglev trains of Shanghai and Beijing and Wuhan are all being built up? That's where your money went. That's where your wealth went. Your wealth was systematically, systematically transferred from the American people to the CCP. We built that. You know those little stickers? You know those little stickers they have up? And this was people from both parties. They were stealing with both hands as they shifted our supply lines to a country that ought to be viewed under its current regime as an adversary. And I'm not talking about the Chinese people. I'm not talking about the great Lao Baijing, my neighbors, people that I met and knew, a host family that took me in taught me Chinese, had me over for dinner. The people of Shanghai do not deserve what is being done to them. The Chinese people are the first victims of the CCP. But now it's coming out and it's spreading across the world the same way that COVID-19 spread across the world. An authoritarianism that is coming to the United States, disinformation boards, headed by Nina Yankovich. This is the authoritarianism of the CCP. You go look at Shanghai. That's what Klaus Schwab wants. That's the Great Reset. That's Davos. You got to go to Davos and show them these videos and say, is that what you want on the streets in New York? 
Is that what you want on the streets of Philadelphia in Washington, D.C.? Cedar Rapids. Is this what you want for Americans? Is this what you want for the West? Klaus Schwab and the people of Davos, because that's the head of it. Davos is the head. They want to bring it here. Well, so ends another week here on Human Events Daily. Remember, I promise our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one, just one of your normie friends. What do we talk about today? The Twitter Elon Musk deal. Will it go through? We got into all of that. Next, Pennsylvania DA warning ballot harvesters that you will be prosecuted. Third, the full interview released Alec Baldwin's confession tape. And finally, CCP authorities building their cages around Shanghai. This is what Davos wants to bring to the United States. Remember, Davos is the head. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. Today, all the way back in 1992, police officers in Los Angeles were acquitted and the Rodney King riots, the L.A. riots, began. They engulfed the entire city of Los Angeles. An active-duty military was called in to put it down. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.